0: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. Today, we have a special guest on the show with us this week to talk about all sorts of exciting things like soul plans and connecting with your guides and learning to understand the difference between your fate and free will. Karen Hager is an intuitive guide and psychic channel known for her compassionate, no-nonsense approach to the spiritual journey. She conducts more than 1,200 private intuitive sessions each year with people from all around the world looking for spirit-led guidance. Karen is a passionate advocate for intuitive development, and her classes and events focus on empowering students to connect with their own natural intuitive awareness, deepen their spiritual practice, and open themselves to abundance. She's the creator and host of the long-running podcast, Out of the Fog, with Karen Hager. You can find out more about her work at karenhager.com, but for now, let's just bring her on the show. Karen, welcome to Enlightened Empaths. Hi, Samantha and Denise. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited. Can you just start off by sharing with listeners who might not have heard you from uh, either a reading or listening to your wonderful podcast a little bit about your story and how you came
2: to do this work? Sure. I kind of got dragged into this kicking and screaming a little bit. I started as a very, very intuitive child, and one of my earliest memories is of telling my guides to shut up and go away (laughs) because I didn't want to be so weird. Um, Spoiler alert, I am still weird, but... I asked my guides to shut up and go away, and I spent the first about 40 years of my life on purpose trying to ignore and stifle and run away from my intuitive abilities. And what happened when I did that, I think it's what happens anytime we ignore something that is for us, that belongs to us. When I ignored my intuitive abilities, the only experiences I had with psychic stuff were scary experiences because mm-hmm. I was repressing, 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 and then when it burst through, right? then it was a scary thing. In my 40s, I had a lot of medical stuff happen. And I had three surgeries during that time. In 13 months, I had three surgeries. I had a little one and a medium one and a big one. And after each one of those surgeries, there wasn't really time to recover in between. We just went from one to the next. I noticed that my intuitive abilities that I thought I was doing such a good job of repressing were getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And after that third surgery, which was a very big life-changing kind of thing, I realized that I was going to have to do something about this psychic nonsense or else I was going to go nuts. So I found online, found a teacher in San Francisco, which is where I lived then, Matthew Engel, bless his heart, and went and started to take intuitive development classes from him. When I was climbing the stairs to his office, I was hoping that he would be a fake so that I wouldn't have to do the psychic thing and it would prove that psychics were fakes and then I wouldn't have to be one. And I hoped then, please, God, if he's not a fake, please let him see that I am a fake so that it proves that psychics are fake and I don't have to do the psychic (laughs) thing. And what happened instead was that I got into the room where he was teaching and it really quickly became obvious that I was reading at the level he was reading at, like I was doing the thing, with (laughs) even with me (laughs) kind of dragging my heels and being a big bratty pouty baby about it. And at the end of that first class with him, it was a series of classes. I asked him, what should I do now? Hoping he would say, you're going to have to study for 30 years. You're going to have to move to Tibet. It's going to cost $90,000. I said, what should I do now? And he said, you should print business cards. And that was 2007. And I was just crazy enough to do it. And that began a journey for me. There's a trillion other steps in between. But that began a journey for me that led me to what I do now. I did not think that I was going to grow up and be a professional intuitive. I thought that I would do just about anything else besides this. And here I am because spirit led me to this place.
0: Wow. Okay. There's so much I want to unpack in that in that story. And thank you for sharing that. We get so many emails from listeners saying, I think I'm intuitive, but I'm afraid because most of the information that comes through is negative. And what I have always said to them is a two-part answer. One Negative stuff comes through because it's heavier and denser. So it's easier for a brand new intuitive to pick up on that. And two, I always feel that there is this push pull between the good and the bad side. And a lot of people disagree with me on that. But I I do believe we live in a world of duality. And I think when the darker aspects of spirituality see one of us turning on our lights, they're like, Ooh, nope, we got to scare her back into her little corner. But Mm. you just presented a whole third new answer part of that piece. So you were saying because you were pushing down your intuitive abilities out of fear, all you were getting were
2: fearful intuitive hits. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, 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 yes. And it's like, uh, so I've taught intuitive development now for many years. And that what you're hearing from your listeners in their emails, I hear a lot of that too. We tend to see what we're focusing on. And that's not magic. That's just how we're wired, right? If I feed myself a lot of ter- paranormal television, if all my experience with intuition is about premonitions and curses and scary things and negative predictions, when I'm ready to open up to my own intuitive ability, that's what I'm looking at. And that's probably the kind of stuff that I'm going to receive. The truth about us and our intuitive ability, we are all, whether we care about intuition or listen to any of this stuff or not. We are all much loved children of the divine and we are all held safe and protected. Our experience with our intuition is about what happens when we choose our own focus in that protected bubble. Does that make sense? So if I choose negativity and fear, I am much more likely to receive intuitively from a place of negative negativity and fear. You're right. The scary stuff is out there. That's just true. Can't have light without shadow. And when we start to be compassionate with ourselves about our intuition. When we start to explore in a safe way, a clean way, a way that has compassion for ourselves and respect for spirit, what we usually find, when I say we, I always mean me too. So, what we, me too, find is that we are finding a world where there is much more light than there is shadow and in working with your intuition in a disciplined, consistent, compassionate, loving, experimental, curious, discerning way, when something negative comes in, right? When something scary happens, when you freak yourself out, when you see something that makes you wonder what's going on, because you have that practice and that baseline of good stuff, you can deal with the negative stuff when you see it. You will see it. There's no way around it. But You can have tools to deal with that. And most of your time is spent in that compassionate space. So fear is, I understand it. And that doesn't have to be the way that you deal with this. You don't have to be scared of this.
0: No, you don't have to be. But goodness, is it hard not to be? Sure. You know, because there's so many things coming at you. First of all, if you're in a certain religion that's telling you this is evil and bad and just go read Deuteronomy, right? (laughs) Or you have your own family and friends telling you that's so weird. What are you thinking? Trying to say that you're intuitive. Then there's also this weird sense of almost responsibility that comes with that. So for example, I I just know like in high school or even earlier, if I picked up on something, like I remember my dad had this boss and I, and I met him at church one Sunday and when I shook his hand, I just, I just knew he did not have good intentions for my dad. Mm. And about three months later, that all came true. And I felt responsible. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever feel responsible for the negative intuitive insights you get? And then I feel like, so people have to, there's layers within that fear is what
2: I'm stumbling through trying to say. Well, and that's another reason to be compassionate with yourself and work in a clean, protected space because intuitive information comes through you. It is not you. Does that- It makes sense. Right. And so what you receive, we can't have intuitive information unless we're connected with spirit and working with spirit. Even if that's me being a really scared 20 something getting scared out of my wits because I pressed everything down and saw something scary. All of that comes through connection with spirit. So do I ever feel responsible for the work I do with people I always feel responsible for working with as much integrity and honesty and openness and clarity as I can. And I say every day, please, spirit, open me up, use me, move through me. When I get in the way, please gently move me aside so that I can listen to this person, listen to their story, take a look at their path, help them energetically. Please, please use me in the best way possible every single time. And I do feel responsible for that. Keeping myself clean, trying to stay compassionate. Admitting when I screw it up, right? I do not feel responsible for the words that come through me. I'm responsible for how I deliver those words, but what comes through me isn't coming from me. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, we always work with spirit. It's another reason you don't have to be so scared because it's not just you, it's you and spirit. And that connection is available to everyone. We all express it in different ways. Not everyone's going to be a wacky person like me. We all, express that in different ways, but none of us are alone and we can call on that connection anytime we want.
1: Karen, that's incredible because I think that that's the premise of of all the work that we do is how can I be of service? How can I really help someone reconnect with who they really are or their connection with spirit? But have you found lately that people are, I don't want to, people are going through a lot. We're all going through a lot right now. Have you seen a shift in the folks that you're working with, as far as uh, what they're coming to you for?
2: You know, what I have found, Anise, is uh, I've always loved most working with people who are exploring their own intuitive abilities and who are looking for a deeper connection with spirit. And one of the things I think that has shifted in the last couple of years, it was happening before the pandemic, but I have really noticed it over the last couple of years is that the people who are wanting deeper connection are coming with a kind of a feeling of almost urgency about it. I don't mean emergency. I don't mean panic. I don't mean I've got to get this done. But I mean, people are coming with a new understanding of how damaging it can be uh, for ourselves and for our lives, how it affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, when we are cut off from source. Source meaning whatever word you want to use for the divine, right? And that awareness about how important connection is, I think that has shifted and deepened.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yes.
2: What what would what
0: do you say to people who are calling you and saying, you know, I think I'm intuitive? What are
2: some first steps you recommend people take? So when someone calls me and says, I think I'm intuitive, I say, Congratulations. <laughs> you're yes, you're right. You are. Because every single one of us comes into these bodies, we drop into our meat sacks, right? Our earth school bodies. We drop into these bodies with natural intuitive ability, kind of in our backpack, ready to be used in whatever way we're going to use it in life. How we use it is free will choice, right? But we all come in with that gift. So when someone calls and says, I think I'm intuitive, I say, great. Yes, you are. The first thing to do is find a little quiet peace in every day. I don't mean start a giant meditation practice. I mean When you wake up before you get out of bed to go pee, after the alarm goes off, lie there for five seconds with your eyes open and your hands open and your heart open and practice being exactly where you are. Because mindfulness, the ability to be in the present moment, that's the seed of intuitive connection, connection with spirit. It's the seed of healing. All the good stuff happens from the present moment. And we spend most of our lives trying as hard as we can to get out of the present moment. That's why we're watching all that paranormal television and eating a whole bunch of stuff we should not eat. And right, we're running, we're running away, trying to get out of our bodies, out of ourselves, distraction. So one of the first things to do to start to connect with your intuition is to allow a little bit of silence. You're not going to hear your guides talking to you in that silence. What you will be discovering is your own energetic rhythm. When I'm quiet, when there's no distraction, who am I? how do i feel the second thing to do because usually by the time when people call me they've already had some intuitive knowings and that's why they're talking to me the second thing to know is that whatever you receive no matter what it is even if it seems nuts even if you think you made it up you always acknowledge it okay got it uh i just had a strong feeling that tomorrow i will meet a talking salmon got it acknowledge it say thank you thank you spirit for this feeling about the talking salmon and then you discern i think i just got an intuitive hit about a talking salmon does that make sense do i want to take action on that because nothing you receive from spirit compels you to do anything you are always in charge you have free will so those are some of the things we talk about with people who are just getting started
0: okay well piggybacking on denise's question I have found that the energy recently, and I don't know if it's this Schumann resonance thing being off the grid or whatever, or if it's just all the stuff going on in the world, but I've noticed when I try to meditate the last couple of months, it's very hard for me to hear spirit. I'm, I'm a pretty practiced intuitive and know what I'm doing, I think. And yet I'll close my eyes to meditate and I hear in my head, you have to do this. You didn't email that person back. You never called that person back. And it's so hard lately for me to swim through the debris
2: of that chaos. Do you ever have that? Oh God. Oh, of course. Yes. I'm the queen of the to-do list. Here's what I just feel guided to say about that. As it becomes more and more apparent that if we continue to be divided like this, we're going to destroy ourselves. As that becomes more and more apparent, Spirit calls us always deeper into cohesion, into silence, into focus, right? And so it makes sense that if we try to drop in the way we've always, again, we needs me to, if we try to drop in the way that we always drop in, it makes sense we're going to get some extra noise. And I feel what spirit asks of us is to smile at that noise. Oh, there's that noise. There's that to-do list. Let me just write that down quick and then continue. Because we're sort of being asked, I believe that those of us who are healers and light workers and wayshowers and put in your buzzword here, whatever that is, the, the happy unicorn people, I believe that we're being called to kind of re-up our commitment to spirit. What side are we on here? Are we on the side of the light? Are we on the side of healing? Are we on the side of unity and going forward and learning things and compassion and tolerance and learning and growing? Are we on the side of this shift of consciousness that we're in the middle of, or do we choose instead that fragmented stuff that's all around us? We soak in that fragmented stuff all day. So it makes sense to me that I might sit down to meditate and suddenly be consumed with shoulds and lists and stuff like that. My sense is that spirit is asking us to just breathe into that and go deeper. Always with kindness though, because anything about intuition or connection with spirit that comes in with harshness is probably not from spirit.
0: I agree with everything you said and how, you know, if, if doing that has always worked for you and it isn't now, I also think it's good to try something new. Like for mm-hmm. me, what's working now are active meditations. So yeah. I've been doing a lot of yoga. I do yoga about four or five times a week and that's my meditation. I do a lot of walking where I just leave my AirPods at home and sometimes my dogs too. And mm-hmm. that's my silent meditation. And I've gone back to baking And that, I know that sounds strange, but that's very meditative to me to just mix flowers and sugars and, and make something happy, a little happy treat. So sometimes I think we have to find new ways of reconnecting with our source if the old ways aren't working in this, in this new energy we're all living with and trying to, trying to figure out. So when, when I was on your show, we were talking off air about, you know, your work and my work. And I think we talked more off air than on air. And one of the (laughs) things, one of the things we covered was, I was telling you about this email Denise and I got that has just weighed so heavily on my heart that I haven't even responded to this, to this person, which again, that's another thing that pops into my head when I try to meditate. There's so much I need to say to this person that I haven't done it, if that makes sense. But they sent us an email that they had a soul plan reading done by a person and the person told them that it was in their soul plan that they were destined to be alone forever. And oh. I was telling you how angry that made me. Anyway, I just I loved your response so much that's why I asked you to come on the show. So, could you talk to listeners a bit about what a soul plan is and how we can connect with ours and, and explain how much free will choice we have within our soul plan? Sure.
2: Absolutely. And if I don't go where you want me to go, go, come on, lady, go over here. Cause this, it, this makes me passionate. I've been thinking about that since you talked to me about it. This really struck a chord with me. It is so, so important to know that anytime you seek intuitive guidance, especially when you seek it from another person. It doesn't matter if it's a famous person. It doesn't matter if you paid a million dollars, if you paid a dollar, doesn't matter if it was some stranger on the street, came up and gave you intuitive guidance. Anytime you seek intuitive guidance, that guidance is only interesting information. No one knows your path better than you. No one knows your heart better than you. No one knows the way better than you because you are, because of that beautiful connection with spirit, you are your own person and you have free will. I do believe that before we come into our bodies, we make a plan. We decide, okay, this I'm going to ride that earth school ride again. Woo, we're going again. And this time I want to work on whatever it is, right? I want to work on not being afraid. This time I want to experience talking to the talking salmon this time. But when we come into our bodies, we usually lose that soul plan idea, right? It's still there. It's still Ready and working in us, but we don't remember it. And the reason for that is, as I, as my guides have shared it with me, the reason for that is our lives are not set in stone. We are not here like little wooden actors going down a predestined path. The whole flipping point of earth school is that we are here to make choices, make decisions, mess things up, put it back together afterwards. We're here to cry and grieve and dance and laugh and learn new things and make mistakes. We're here to do all those things. Otherwise, why are we here? So a person in a position of authority, no matter who they are, a super famous person or some, it's your crazy aunt who reads cards. A person who gives you intuitive information is only giving you Interesting information. The challenge with harshness in prediction. I've read your soul plan. Your soul plan says you will be alone forever. Mm. Spirit doesn't work that way. Earth school doesn't work that way. Whether or not we are alone has to do with our choices, it has to do with the actions that we take, and it has to do with the unfolding of our path that we can't see yet because we are too close to it. So, If you get a scary prediction from about anything, right? Look out for the talking salmon. It's got a knife, right? If you get a scary prediction, you can acknowledge it, say thank you, and then discern. I just paid someone $12 million to tell me I'll be alone for the rest of my life. Is that true? Does that feel true? Is that what I desire? And if it's not what I desire... What can I do to change the path? Why would spirit give us intuitive information if it wasn't for our learning and growth, if we didn't have the ability to shift our perception or shift our action to change the path? I'm about to make a big blanket statement. No intuitive can predict the future because you are creating your future with every choice you make. The reading is always about the person doing the reading. It's never about the reader. So if an intuitive, I feel like what I do with my gift is I shine a light, like a giant flashlight on people's paths, where they are now, where they've been and where they're going. And under that big light that I'm trying to shine with my guides, we can look at possible outcomes and talk about how do we get from where you are to where you want to be? What feels most likely? What is open to you? What change do you desire? It does not feel accurate or kind, and certainly not helpful to tell someone something like you'll be alone forever. And I've heard other people have called me over the years with similar dire predictions. You always are in charge of what you do and where you go. In the few places in our life where destiny steps in, where it's in quotes, faded, a lot of times from our earth school experience, we stumble across those and we think we chose them with our free will anyway, (laughs) right? So a lot of times we don't even recognize what I call destiny points. We don't recognize those when we see them and we don't have to. All we need to do is live our path forward. Keep making choices. Keep asking questions. Please don't believe everything you hear.
0: Yes. So beautifully said, because I, I can feel the passion in your voice. And, oh, yeah. and I felt it too when I read that email. And, and I know, Denise, you did too. It's it's just so unethical and it's so wrong. And we always have choice to change I look at our soul plan more as a blueprint, the not the foundation and the house we're living in, in this earth school. Yes. So for example, like I think it was in my blueprint to be a teacher. Okay. And if I continue teaching in the traditional school system, that's fine. If I continue teaching intuitive development classes, that's fine too. It's because the overall blueprint was teaching. And so this person, it might've been in their blueprint to experience independence and being alone for a little while, but not forever. And we can always change those things.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And the things that are really true for us, like your gift as a teacher and a seer, those things, at least in my experience, will come through no matter what we choose. So if I stopped right now doing intuitive work and went to get a job at, I don't know, the tuna fish canning factory. It wouldn't be long before my intuitive gift and my desire to help and teach would come out in some way there, Mm -hmm. right? I wouldn't be doing readings for the cans as they went down the assembly line, right? But there would be some way in which my intuitive gift and the way that spirit shines through me would be applied in that situation. So the things that are really true of us and see just with a little bit of my wacky vision on when I try to listen to the energy of the person who sent you that email That's a person whose energy is focused on love and connection and companionship, and that shines out of them. It shines out of the email. It shines out of the hurt that they're feeling in that harsh reading they received. If I was talking to that person, I would say, follow what is true about you. Follow your heart, your desire for companionship. Take steps in that direction. Don't take steps in the direction of a harsh, closed, limited, incorrect future.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And Denise and I kind of know this person and and I can't put beautiful heart, beautiful soul, beautiful mind. It's just an incorrect reading and it's unethical. Denise, yes. do you want to add anything to that?
1: I, I do. And I agree with you a hundred percent, Karen, that it is always subject to change and free will. So if, no matter who you go to as an intuitive, as a seer, as a guide, whatever, as you said, whatever label you want to put on it. And one of the things I there's a little precursor is that I'll always say that at the beginning of a reading, this is my disclaimer, blah, blah, blah. And then I will say, please trust your own inner knowing and light more than anything anyone else would ever tell you. And I think people hear that at the time, but usually when folks go for a reading, they want clarity, they want answers, they want direction. And they may hear that, but it comes out like Charlie Brown's teacher, like, (laughs) and, and and then they come, they'll get back in touch. But when you did my reading, you said this. And I said, well, remember that part I said about change in free will and let it evolve, and you're in, in the driver's seat. But I think folks are fragile right now. They're scared. Yeah. They're wanting someone else to not take the responsibility for the direction their life is taking. But, you know, your analogy of, of using a flashlight and lighting the way, I think most people are looking for that flashlight right now. I agree. But encouraging people to reconnect and we can all do it. And you're right. You were so damn spot on about, it doesn't matter if you're doing intuitive readings or teaching intuitive classes. We all are intuitives at varying degrees. It comes more naturally to some of us than others, Mm -hmm. but it will, you'll you're using it. If you're working in a retail environment and you know how to navigate different customers, you're doing it. If you were it, it, we we all know the examples, but um, so what would you suggest for people who discernment is the perfect word for this, Karen, in discerning how to find a good reader and discerning how to trust what they're getting. So you go for a reading; it's great. This is wonderful. Some of it comes to fruition; some of it doesn't. How can we, all of us, help people? connect more fully with, okay, I'm going to keep this part, but that part really doesn't resonate with me.
2: That's a great, it's a great question because there's a lot of, I think one of the reasons I'm still working this way after so many years is because there's a lot of scam artists out there. There's a lot of trickery out there. There are a lot of people who will use their intuitive abilities to prey on someone else's weakness and vulnerability And I believe there is a special, very warm timeout bench in the afterlife for people who use their intuitive abilities that way. So do not even get me started looking for a good reader. You're looking for someone in, ideally, you're looking for someone with good word of mouth. Are they recommended by people you know and trust? Take a look at the testimonials and take a look at their reviews online. Take a look at how long they've been in practice. If you're working with your own intuitive abilities, take a look at their photograph how does this person look to you check their social media what kinds of things are they posting and then you're going to take a look at what are they promising do they promise they will lay out your entire soul plan and give you all the answers and you'll know exactly what to do after you have this session with me that's probably someone you want to steer clear of you may be looking for someone who says let me listen to you let's take a look at your open heart Let's take a look at the road ahead. Let's, in compassion, look at what you're feeling and where you want to go. And let's figure out together where spirit is guiding you, right? That's different than hurry, 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 five days only. I'm 99.9% accurate. You want to stay away from that. Anyone who says with percentages how accurate they are does not understand how intuition works and may not have your best interest at heart. A reader who tries to scare you, a reader who tells you you are cursed, a reader who tells you to come back for another reading. These are all red flags. Do not. You can always hang up the phone, walk out of the office, say goodbye. You do not have to complete a reading with anyone who scares you or intimidates you or tries to take your money. Does that make sense? There's a kind of reader... It makes
1: perfect sense, yes.
2: There's a kind of reader who invites you in and says, oh, I sense a great... mm, There's a great disturbance in the force, but if you give me $500... I'll bury your $500 in the backyard and cleanse your money. And then no, 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 no,
1: no. And I read this interesting article earlier today, and it was talking about the 11 spiritual pitfalls of spiritual, like the the pitfalls of spirituality that we can all fall into. And that was one of them is just don't blindly trust and take for as gospel, what someone else is telling you because they are charging an exorbitant amount of money or they they have certain credentials or they have, because you're spot on. There are a lot of hacks out there, but there are a lot of people that I think enjoy playing that role. They want more of a guru role than a guide role.
2: And for the person seeking that, hoping for a guru, you want to ask yourself, what do I want in a reading? If you want someone to tell you what to do, just know that there'll be people lining up to tell you what to do. The more interesting question is, what do I want to do and how am I going to do it? Mm. Does that make sense? If you want someone to boss you around, there'll be people lining up around the block. You spend all your money with people telling you what to do. The real good stuff is what is my energy? What is my power? What is my potential? What can I do? And how do I step into that? That's where the good stuff is.
0: That's one thing I always tell my students who are starting out in this field I always say, please remember, whatever you say, people will believe you. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, like, as a traditional teacher, that shocked me because I would tell my class, hey, we're having a quiz on Friday. So you really need to read chapters three and four. And no one would read chapters three and four. And I'd be like, people, please believe me, there's going to be a quiz on this. Then I switch over to doing readings and anything I said, they would believe. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I, I could be wrong about this. I could be wrong about this. This is what I'm picking up. It's being filtered through me. You know, like I'm, I'm the channel for the information, but I'm one person. Don't, don't take a hundred percent of everything. I say, you have to take what I say, filter it out through you and say, okay, this resonates with me. I think she was right there. This does not resonate with me. I'm going to toss that. Yes. And yet so many times people don't, they believe everything a reader says to them. And and I find that frankly terrifying.
2: Well, when we get scared, we look for authority figures, right? Yeah. We look for someone. So when we seek, it's what we were talking about at the beginning. When we seek through fear, we can re- receive things that scare us. Like you'll be alone for the rest of your life, right? We can receive scary things that way. I always record sessions. I do that because as you can hear from talking to me, when I'm in channel, sometimes I go very fast and interrupt and I write so I always record readings and I invite people always to listen back to their readings. And that helps a little bit with that um, thing of maybe not hearing what spirit said to them. I also though, understand that sometimes I say things to people and they hear the opposite or they hear what they were afraid they were going to hear, or they hear something else entirely. And so I'll do uh, as an example, I'll do a reading for someone about uh, and they're talking about moving and they give me a list of cities. And I say, well, it sounds like Milwaukee is the best option for you. And then we end the reading. I send them the recording. And then they email me and said, I, and say, like, I'm so glad you told me to move to Pensacola. <laughs> I'm having the best time here. And I'm like, mm, great. Have fun in Pensacola. Because <laughs> we hear what we right. We don't always hear what's being said. That is so true. Okay. I have a really big question for you
0: before we wrap up. And I know it's a huge overwhelming question, but please do your best. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Hit me. Okay. How can people start to figure out if they are in a free will moment or a destined moment? Cause I do feel like there are, like you said, destined signposts along our path. Do you feel feel that there's a way are there signs or synchronicities that say heads up pay attention this is part of your destiny
2: i think there are signs and synchronicities all around us about everything and part of sitting into right open hands open heart that little bit of quiet at the beginning of the day part of sitting into our natural connection with spirit is that we'll start to see those signs and synchronicities everywhere right the challenge is that from fear sometimes we try to interpret everything like it's part of our destiny I saw a tomato when I was out walking the dog, that must mean that I have to be an organic farmer. No, it might just mean I saw a tomato. So, are there signs and things about destiny? Yes, discernment is always a big deal. The destiny things are things we can't really wiggle out of. So if, for example, your little Karen at the age of four telling her guides to go away, to me clearly this work that i do now as part is a destiny point on my path i would have got here sooner or later i had a fascinating hilarious journey to do that story for another time but the things that are our destiny those things persist they keep coming up and one of the ways we recognize a destiny point is no matter what i do does it all keep coming back to this that's one way, right? Mm. Spirit speaks to us, nudges us in a thousand different ways. And when we start to be in consistent, compassionate connection with spirit and with our guides, we'll find those synchronicities all around us. The cool thing about the destiny points, and sometimes people will say to me, well, what if this was a destiny point and I missed it? What if this person was supposed to be my forever partner and I just, I blew it and now it's wrecked. And now my destiny's wrecked. It doesn't work that way. If something is destined, you really can't miss it. You can choose to go the other way, but everything will keep coming back to that place. It was like that for me with children, for example. And I believe that for most people, like parenting is one of the agreements, one of the destiny points that we put in place when we come into these bodies. Our child always finds us no matter what. And because that's a destiny point, We don't have to worry too much about that, guess too much about it, freak out about it, manipulate our path, because if something is a destiny point, everything always comes back to that, no matter what. I say that thing about our child finding us. I'm telling you that as a middle-aged lesbian who had a hysterectomy. I've got two kids, right? Your children always find you. It's a destiny point. No matter what I did or didn't do, here come my kids. So am I kind of answering that question? Yes, that gives me chills. I love that.
0: And, you know, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. You know, where she made two very different choices and it shows the outcome of both choices. But what happens at the end is her destiny. You know, because no matter what you choose, you are going to stumble into your destiny. So I think that's a very comforting reminder. And I love the way you included that, especially with the story of your children finding you. That's That's wonderful. And it's a great thing to remind people of because I think earlier you were saying that a lot of people are coming to you feeling almost like this time pressure of I've got to do this now. I've got to figure this out now. And I think this is a nice reminder that, yes, you do have to follow those those callings of your soul, but you do have time and your destiny will find you. You're teaching a class called Meet Your Guides um, on October Mm -hmm. 10th. Can you tell people
2: what they can encounter in that class? Oh, yes. So I Meet Your Guides is one of my favorite classes to teach. It is a live online class. We meet on Zoom with our cameras off, so wear your pajamas. But this class is designed to give you a direct personal experience of connection or deepening connection with one or more of your guides. The class starts with teaching about guides, my experience of guides, who they are, how we can connect with them, why they're there, why are they even in our field? Who are these rando people standing around? right? And then it leads into that interactive group experience. Um, One of the things that's a centerpiece of a lot of the work that I do are it's guided meditation, but more. Um, It's a guided meditation that you can feel that you can kind of go into that brings you that direct personal experience. So I'm teaching that class on October 10th. I usually teach it once or twice a year. Uh, There's information about the class. There's I made a little workbook um, for it. There's an extra audio Um, There's all kinds of little goodies. There are details about that class at karenhager.com slash guides. If you book in from that page, if you're interested in that, check it out and see, does it resonate with me? Am I interested in this? Would this be fun? If it resonates with you, you get 50% off the tuition by booking through that page at karenhager.com slash guides. That with 50% off that tuition is $22.22. So it's a deal. Plus it's fun.
0: Such a deal. Okay. So we'll put that in the show notes and on our Facebook page, uh, but for anyone driving and listening, it's karenhager.com guides. That's K-A-R-E-N-H-A-G-E-R.com guides. Thank you so much
2: for joining us. We have really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank you for the warm welcome and what great fun. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank you, Karen. You're wonderful, and you shine a really bright light. So, thank you for doing this with us.
2: Thank you. Oh, loved it.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Have a great week. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.